0: This is Afternoons with Rob Breckenridge on News Talk 770 Radio, Calgary's breaking news and conversation station. Uh, This is maybe not surprising. I know there there may be some promises the federal liberals are not going to keep, maybe have already broken. Uh, But the Fair Election Act that the conservatives brought in, it's no secret that the liberals oppose that. And they're now moving to make some changes to that. Democratic Institutions Minister Maria Monsef uh, announcing today uh, that some changes they're tabling will repeal certain elements of the Fair Elections Act. So the changes would include as reported here in the Globe and Mail, for example, reinstating the voter information card as ID, allowing vouching, expanding the chief electoral officer's mandate to include broad public education campaigns, creating a national register of electors to help pre-register youths aged 14 to 17, helping Elections Canada clean up data, having the Commissioner of Canada Elections, who investigates complaints of fraud, report to the Chief Electoral Officer once again, and also expands the voting rights to one million Canadians living abroad. Now, the voter ID thing was was big, and the Conservatives really pushed the idea that we got to be careful about fraud. We need to know who these people are who are showing up to vote. Are you who you say you are? And was that a problem before? Did we have an issue with voter fraud? People posing as someone else, people voting more than once. And what are the consequences of doing that? There was a real concern that you were disenfranchising a lot of voters, making it difficult for many Canadians to vote. In fact, there was a court challenge launched against the Fair Elections Act, which maybe is a moot point now. One of the groups involved in that was the Council of Canadians. Their executive director, Gary Neal, joins us on the line. Gary, good afternoon.
1: Good afternoon. How are you?
0: Uh, I'm good. What, what is the state, by the way, of, of that lawsuit?
1: Uh, the lawsuit has been held in abeyance. Uh, there was a recent um, a case conference, an agreement between the parties, the government, the uh, Canadian Federation of Students, and ourselves was that we would await uh, this very day before proceeding with the subsequent case conference.
0: Okay. And what, what was the main argument uh, that, that you were making?
1: Well, we... Uh, I should say we're we're quite delighted. Uh, We think this is a great day for Canadian democracy. Obviously, we haven't had a chance to read the legislation, but uh, the government announcement, certainly if they fulfill what they've said in their announcement in the Act, then it would solve all of the issues that we identified. First and foremost amongst those were the two changes that the Fair Elections Act brought with respect to voter identification. The first one, was, as you noted, was the disallowance of the voter information card as a piece of ID. And the second was the limitation uh, to vote for another voter. You could only vote for one voter mm-hmm. uh, rather than being able to vote, vote for more than one voter. I should, you know, I should point out that even you need two pieces of identification in order to vote in Canada. One of them has to be Photo ID, a government issued photo ID. And so really we're only talking about the second piece of identification that someone needs. I think as, as, as you, all of your listeners probably know, everybody gets one of these voter information cards in the mail from Elections Canada. It has your name, it has your address. And so it used to be the case, and it presumably now will be the case, that you can take your photo ID You can take the voter information card, and that will be sufficient for you to vote. Um, The removal of that uh, use of the voter information card particularly affected uh, uh, people who are marginalized, First Nations, uh, and young people, students, who... Who might live in one place and go to school in another place, and depending on where the election is, you know their residence, their residence and their voting place could change, and that's why the Canadian Federation of Students joined with us. So we think that this is this is great. The question of the vouching um, is is also one that we're we're delighted about. Again, you have to have identification. You know, everybody has to come with some form of identification that that's got your name and your picture, and they can see that this is you. And so we're really only talking about then eligibility in terms of the address. And I bet, I guess the best story to tell is from one first nation and, and often first nations residents on, on reserve don't have, uh, a piece of identification that's got their address on it. They might not even get a voter information card, uh, but they've got their name, they've got their photo ID, and the chief would just spend a couple of hours in the voting station and say, yes, I will vouch for that person. That's uh, a long-time resident, uh, uh, resident on this reserve. And that chief will now be able to do it for... For anyone in his uh, in his uh, tribe who is unable otherwise to vote, so those are the the two big changes.
0: Mm-hmm. Do you think then that that um, for example last year in the federal election that this made a difference in terms of the number of people voting?
1: <laughs> well, there's the vote went up last time. Uh, you know, we we should observe that that. Uh, uh, there were more people who voted in uh, 2015 that had voted in 2011. Uh, we did have a hotline uh, available, and we knew we we were aware of incidences where people were turned away from the poll because all they had was their voter information card. What was the quantum? We're not sure, but of course, what we did, along with the Canadian Federation of Students and the Assembly of First Nations, is all of us ran a very aggressive campaign during the last election to say, you have to get out and vote. And uh, I think that was the reason that we saw a dramatic increase in youth voter turnout. And we saw a dramatic increase in the turnout of uh, First Nations peoples to vote.
0: Uh, but why why is the issue of ID so important in in whether people vote in the first place? Well, you know, it's, I, we
1: absolutely you have to be able to show you are who you are. Sure. So voter, there there is a need for voter identification. The problem is with the address portion of it. So if you're a street person, for example, you know you don't have an address. And it, what it used to, what was the case before, was that you were able to use as your address a homeless shelter where you might spend your night. And they would vouch for you. You'd still require a piece of government ID. You know, mm-hmm. don't I don't want any of your listeners to think that people are voting without having some idea, uh, some ID. So it was really only that question that you'd use the uh, homeless shelter as your place, uh, as your address, and the, the executive director would be there at the polling station, say yes, this is someone who regularly uses this as their as a, a place to sleep, and they got. They can prove who they are, and now you have an address. So it's that address piece for particularly for marginalized, and then for students. The student case is very clear. Last election was held when students were on campus. The election in 2011 was held uh, when uh, university students, post-secondary students, were out of school, and so you know whether they were. On the voters list where they went to school, whether they were on the voters list where, they, where their parents' home was, whether they had a different home because that was they were going for a summer job, that was the issue. That was the challenge for them. And so voter information card, which has your name, has an address, is now capable of being that second piece of ID to say, yes, this is where I am registered to vote.
0: Right. And, and that was the injunction that, that your group and others were trying to get before last year's that- election.
1: That's correct. Yeah. That's correct. All yes.
0: Right. So that's going to be the change. Now, there, there are some yeah. other provisions here. I know yeah. there, there was one aspect of, of the Fair Elections Act um, restricted the chief electoral officer's role in promoting, well, not necessarily promoting voting, but uh, awareness and education. Um, it, did you,
1: it, abso- it absolutely prevented the chief electoral officer from promoting voting.
0: Right. Well, exactly- do you think that that's that should be his mandate
1: yes absolutely absolutely that has been the mandate of the chief uh, electoral officer since the office was first created created the job of the chief electoral officer is to promote voting it's to say you have a right as a citizen you have a responsibility as a citizen to participate in this process and particularly important is the education of our next generation of young people and so the Chief Electoral Officer with the Canadian Federation of Students has, has, has had some wonderful programs on university and college campuses around getting people out to vote and, you know, explaining how, what they need, explaining how it's done, explaining, uh, you know, all of the practical details. And the the Fair Elections Act significantly restricted the Chief Electoral Officer. Uh, who was only able to provide information about voting day, voting time, and voting locations. There was one small exemption for some of the educational programs, but this opens up, once again, the ability for the chief electoral officer to promote a healthy democracy.
0: All right. Well, more at uh, Canadians.org. Gary, thanks for making some time for us here today. Appreciate it.
1: Thank you very much. Have a good day.
0: All right. There you go. Gary Neal with the Council of Canadians. He's their executive director, so there was... It was them, there was the Canadian Federation of Students, uh, and I think some other groups. So they were the ones who had launched the court challenge. They didn't get an injunction before the election, but it's all a moot point now because the liberals are going to make these changes. So, I mean, that's an important point to take away. You still need identification to go vote, to prove who you are. And so this change will allow that voter card, the voter information card, to be that second piece of ID or to prove your address And so that was something the Conservatives had changed. So that's uh, a commitment the Liberals are are following through on. It's interesting, today uh, the Liberals have put out a poll regarding Canada Post. There's a poll commissioned by the government to ask what Canadians think about uh, transitioning away from home mail delivery. Remember, the Liberals promised they were going to reinstate home delivery. Well, it turns out that two-thirds of Canadians, which coincidentally enough... It's also two-thirds of Canadians that don't get home mail delivery. Two-thirds of Canadians say they're fine with ending door-to-door delivery. Uh, So it looks like uh, another promise that the Liberals are trying to climb down from. 403-974-8255. We're back with more right after this. Afternoons with Rob Breckenridge, starting at 1230 on News Talk 770 Calgary.